Welcome to the LifeGate Podcast. Our vision is changing lives in a changing culture with the unchanging truth. Our prayer is that these weekly messages will inspire you to life change through the principles found in God's Word. For more information, visit us online at LifeGateBurleson.com. Well, this morning we're wrapping up this series we've been doing the last few weeks called Hello, My Name Is. How many of you enjoyed this series over this last, man, this has been one of my favorite. And today, one more time, I want you to do this. Grab your name tags at your seat, get a pen, put your name on it if you haven't already, and go ahead and slap that on your chest here. How many of this has helped you a little bit throughout this month as you've been able to get to know people's names a little bit more? In fact, I think we ought to have name tags every single week. It sure would help me. And we've been learning about names, about labels, about things that we call ourselves. And here's what we have discovered is that all of us have the name that our parents gave us, the one that's on our driver's license or our birth certificate or whatever. And yet some of us have some names that we kind of picked up a little bit along the way. Maybe not the one that mom and dad gave us, but maybe the one that we've found from things that have happened to us or maybe things that have been said about us or maybe thoughts that we've had about ourselves and sometimes we kind of wear these invisible name tags. Some of these things, these labels are good things, but many of them are negative things that hold us back and keep us captive from all that God wants for us in our lives. And so in this series, we have been believing that God wants to set us free. So everybody say, set us free. Set us free. He wants to set you free from the labels that are holding you back from all that God wants you to be. And we've discussed several different labels. We've talked about, hello, my name is insecure. How many of you ever felt insecure at times in your life? And we dealt with that. We talked about, hello, my name is hurt. We talked about, hello, my name is tired. Last week we talked about, hello, my name is mad. And we learned how to kind of get over those offenses and that anger in our life. And today we're going to wrap this whole thing up with something that I think so many of us struggle with at times in our life, and that is simply this. Hello, my name is discouraged. So everybody just look at your neighbor. Come on, just shake their hand one more time and just look at them. Give them a little sad face. Come on, just tell them, hello, I'm discouraged. Come on, tell them, hello, I'm discouraged. I'm discouraged. Now, help me out all over the room here today. How many of you have ever been discouraged before? Come on, raise your hand. That's hands up all over the room today. And how many know it's just true that in life, you're going to have times in your life where you feel down? Isn't that true? You have times in your life where you feel discouraged. You're going to have bad days. And here's the deal. Nothing wrong with having down times as long as those down times don't stick around. Come on. There's nothing wrong with being discouraged at times in our life. We're all going to face it. But there is something wrong with staying discouraged, right? We're all going to have bad days. In fact, I like what uh, one of my pastor friends says. He says, hey, there's nothing wrong with sitting on the pity potty every now and then as long as you don't stay there long enough to get ring around the hiney. Come on. How many know what I'm talking about? That's funny right there. I don't even care who you are. And here's the deal. There are a lot of people who have ring around the hiney. There are a lot of people who don't just have down days, but they have down weeks. They have down months. They, they have discouraged lives. Their lives are filled with 
discouragement. In fact, it reminds me of a, a childhood book or even they have, they have shows and movies and things. How many of you parents in the house uh, have ever seen Winnie the Pooh? Come on, if you have uh, little kids in your house, I have a three-year-old in my house. And so maybe you're familiar with Winnie the Pooh. And, and it reminds me of some of the characters. What's interesting about Winnie the Pooh is each one of the characters in Winnie the Pooh represents some different types of personalities that maybe you have or maybe you've seen. I mean, you know, you, you think about Winnie the Pooh and he was kind of one of those impulsive, kind of nervous kind of people. Anybody ever known somebody like that? Just kind of a little kind of, kind of nervous about things all the time, kind of anxious about all, things all the time. And then uh, you have, uh, what was the other one? You have Rabbit. You remember Rabbit? Rabbit was kind of, if you remember the show or the books, Rabbit was kind of OCD. Do we have any OCD people in the house today? In fact, those of you OCD people, you're already like filling out all the notes and you want to make sure all the blanks are filled in. Some of you are even trying to figure out what they are before I even get to them. And if I miss one, it's going to mess up your whole day, right? Because you are one of those OCD type people. And then you have another one of the characters is Tigger. Remember Tigger? Boy, I like, I like Tigger. And Tigger could probably be described as kind of ADD. Any ADD people in the house today? In fact, some of you were with me for just a second and then you're like, squirrel, you know what I'm saying? And it was like ADD, ADD. In fact, I have a story about Tigger. Uh, when, my, when my daughters were little, we went to uh, Disney World and we were go- in the line standing there to see the Winnie the Pooh characters and we were going to see T- Tigger and my girls were probably five and six years old and I was just being silly and I was like, Tigger, you know how he talks and whatever. And we got to the front of the line and I'd been like, Tigger the whole time. And one of the, the employees, one of the Disney people looked at my kids and said, dad's kind of annoying, huh? I was like, so much for Disney hospitality, you know what I'm saying? And some of you are like that, Tigger, just whatever. And then there's another character in Winnie the Pooh. How many know which one I'm going to talk about? A guy named Eeyore. And Eeyore was just always down, always discouraged, always depressed. Well, it's not much of a tale, but I guess I'm kind of attached to it. Come on, you remember that, right? And many people kind of remind me of Eeyore, like always down, always discouraged, always depressed, always the worst day ever and the worst things ever. And here's the deal. We're all going to have discouraging times, but God never intended for us to live a discouraged life. In fact, here's what I want to tell you today. The whole main point of this message here today, that as followers of Jesus Christ, we should be the most hopeful, the most encouraged people in all of the world. And God wants to fill you with encouragement. In fact, some of you walked into this room today and life has you down and you're in the midst of a discouraging time. But I've got good news for you today is that God wants to remove the discouraged label label from you and he wants to fill you with hope. In fact, I love what Paul says about it in Romans, uh, Romans chapter 15 and verse 13. He says, may the God of what? Everybody say this word, of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may what everybody say these words together so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the holy spirit man i love that verse because that verse tells us this that god is a god of hope and that that god of hope wants to fill his people with encouragement and with hope and with joy and that hope comes in us when we put our trust in him through the power of the holy spirit working in our lives 
And that's what we're going to do today. Man, I came here today with an encouraging message for you. In fact, I want to encourage you today. I want you to leave this place today with hope and joy in your heart because of who you are in Jesus Christ. In fact, here's what I have discovered. Many times the reason we are discouraged and the reason we stay discouraged depends upon the things that we are focusing on. Everybody say focus. Focus. So many times, here's what happens. We have difficulties and we have trouble and we have trials and we have problems in our life. And here's the deal. As long as you stay focused on those problems and those struggles, guess what's going to happen? You're going to be down. But when you change your focus, when you stop looking at the things you see around me, around you and you begin focusing on the things that God has said in his word, then things, joy, hope, encouragement begins to fill your heart heart through the power of the Holy Spirit. So here's what we're going to do. Today, we're going to look at some things that God has said that are encouraging to us. In fact, we're going to look at one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible, the book of Romans chapter 8. So if you have your Bibles or your LifeGate app, you can get there today. And here's what we're going to do. In Romans chapter 8, this is one of the most hope-filled and encouraging chapters in the entire Bible. And what we're going to do for these next 16 minutes that we have together is we're going to break down Romans chapter 8. And I'm going to give you seven reasons to be encouraged in Romans chapter chapter 8. Now, I know I'm messing with y'all OCD people because you're like, Romans 8, shouldn't we have eight things from Romans 8? And then it would all fit together. And I tried to do that, but I couldn't find enough words with the letter I-O-N on the end, all right? So there's seven, seven reasons to be encouraged from Romans chapter 8. If you got your notes, you can write them down. The first one is this, I am encouraged today because Romans chapter 8 tells me that there is no condemnation. Come on, everybody say no condemnation. No condemnation. Check it out in verse 1. Look what Paul says. He says, therefore there is what? There is no condemnation for those who are what? In Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you what? Is this what we've been talking about in this series? Set you free from the law of sin and death. Man, I'm telling you today, if you walked into this room feeling discouraged, you can leave today feeling full of hope. Why? Because there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. See, here's the truth is that there is a law, the law of sin and death that keeps us bound. But when Jesus came, he set us free from that law. And here's the deal is that we have an enemy. And you know what the enemy wants to do is he wants to accuse you. In fact, the Bible calls him the accuser. And you know what he likes to do? He likes to tell you, God hasn't forgiven you and you're not free. And remember all the things that you've done. He likes to fill you with shame and regret. He likes to bring up all the stuff that you've done in your past and try to condemn you and try to discourage you and try to make you feel guilty and be filled with regret for all the things that you have done and if you let him he will discourage your heart but here's the encouragement from the word of God in Romans chapter 8 that the devil is a liar and everything that he says to accuse you if you are in Christ is not true there is no condemnation you have been set free from the law of sin and death that has kept you bound and the next time the enemy tries to remind you of your past come on you just remind him of his future come on I'm gonna preach today and y'all gonna have to get with me I'm encouraged why because there is no condemnation number two write this down for moments chapter eight I'm encouraged because there is no intimidation everybody say no intimidation 
Check this out in verse number 15. For the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you what? Live in fear. Check this out. Here's, here's a lot of people. The enemy doesn't just accuse you. You know what he wants to do? He wants to deceive you. He wants to tell you lies. You know what the purpose of his lies are? To try to keep you from trusting God. The purpose of his lies are to try to keep you from being close to God, to try to intimidate you. So no, you know, he'll say, he'll say that problem you're going through right now, it'll never get better. You'll always be going through that. You'll always be sick the way that you're sick. Your marriage will never be better. Your kids will never be better. Oh, some of you got things going good in your life right now, but you can't even enjoy the good times in your life because the enemy's telling you lies that are saying, hey, they might be really good right now, but just wait, just round the corner, bad stuff is coming. Come on, how many know what I'm saying? And he tries to intimidate you and fill you with fear so that you will not come close to God. Maybe he'll tell you how, you know, you think you're a good Christian, but that thing that you did or that thing that you thought or that thing that you looked at or that thing that you said, God will not forgive you of that. You can't come close to him because of all those things that are happening in your life. And he wants to make you a slave to intimidation and fear to keep you from being intimate in relationship with God. But here's what the Bible says, that you are not a slave to fear. You can be encouraged today because this has been broken from your life and you don't have to be intimidated to come to God. In fact, I like what 1 John chapter 4 and verse 18 says, that there is no fear in what? In love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. And the one who fears is not made perfect in love. In other words, the Bible says many times the reason we're afraid to come close to God, the reason we are discouraged is because we're afraid that if I come to God, he's going to punish me. But when I really understand his love for me, I'm not intimidated to come to him. In fact, the scripture says it like this in Hebrews that we don't have a high priest who doesn't understand and relate with what we're going through, but instead we can come to him because because he understands everything that we are going through and he loves us and he doesn't want to punish us. Instead, what he wants to do is pull us close into relationship with him. And you can be encouraged today because there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no intimidation. In fact, the scripture says it like this, that God has not given us a spirit of fear. If you're afraid today, let me just tell you, that didn't come from God. If you're slave and bound to fear, if you're afraid to come to God, that, that fear didn't come from God. It came from the enemy. But God, here's what he gives. He gives a spirit of love and of power and of a sound mind. You can be encouraged today because there's no, there's no intimidation. There's no condemnation. Number three, write this down because there's no comparison. Everybody say no comparison. Look at this, verse 18. I love what Paul says. He says, and I consider that our present sufferings are not worth what? Are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed to us. In fact, there are some of you that you are down today. And here's the reason you're down. Because you've got some difficult circumstances that you're facing. And you look at your marriage. You look at your finances, you look at your relationships, you look at your health, you look at things that are happening in your life and the reason you're discouraged is because all of the stuff that you see around you. And I don't wanna sugarcoat it today. Hey, we go through some tough stuff. In fact, some of you are here today and you're going through some difficulties in your life. And God never promised that you wouldn't have difficulties and trials and struggles in your life. In fact, he promised you would. He said, in this world, you will have troubles. 
There will be problems. There will be trials. There will be difficulties. But he gives us hope. He says, take heart. I've already overcome the world. In fact, Paul said, hey, the things that you are going through right now are nothing compared to the great things that are to come for your life. That's the good news. You can be encouraged today because the pain that you're in right now, there is no comparison to the joy of the promise that God wants to bring in your life. Some of you are facing some hurt right now, but I'm telling you, the hurt in your life won't compare to the healing that is to come. Some of you feel like a victim right now, but I'm telling you, the victim in your life is nothing compared to the victory that God wants to bring. Some of you say, it feels like I'm going through hell right now, but I'm telling you, there is heaven that is coming later. Come on, I could do this all day. Some of you are saying, man, I'm struggling right now, but there is a strength that is coming. Some of you are here and you're like, my life is jacked up right now. But I'm telling you, it's nothing compared to the joy that God wants to bring in your life. Come on, I could do it all day, all day long. Whatever you're facing, the pain, the struggle, the difficulty, there is a promise that God has for you. And so you can be encouraged. In fact, the Bible says it like this, that struggles and problems and difficulties, they may last for a night. But joy, joy comes in the morning. Why am I encouraged? Why am I so fired up today? I'll tell you why. Because I can be encouraged knowing that there's no condemnation. There's no intimidation. There's no comparison. Look at this one, number four. There's no limitations. Everybody say limitations. Look at what what Paul says in verse 26. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our what? In our weaknesses. How many of you here today, you have some weaknesses in your life, right? Don't we all? I mean, as followers of Jesus, or just simply as human beings on this planet, we have limits. Like, we have weaknesses. We have things in our life where, where we don't seem to measure up. Or we're, not, we're not quite good enough. In fact, we studied this just a couple of weeks ago, uh, it, but it reminds me of this passage in, in Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 30. Look what he says. He says, even youths grow tired and weary. Young men, what happens? They stumble and fall. But those who what? Those who hope in the Lord. They will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. What's he saying? He's saying, even at our best, we have limits. Even at our best, we we have weaknesses. Even at our best, we stumble and we mess up and we fall. But here's the hope that we have. Here's the encouragement that we have that when we put our hope in him, when we draw close to God, He doesn't have any weaknesses. He doesn't have any limitations. There is nothing that is holding him back. And so when we come close to him, here's what we can do. We can lay our weaknesses upon him and he will take our weaknesses and he will exchange them for his strength in our lives. You can be encouraged today no matter what you're facing because through him, there is no limitations. In fact, it reminds me of the Apostle Paul. You may remember his story. He had some weaknesses. He had some limits. He had some things that he was struggling with. We don't know if it was a health thing or an emotional thing. We don't really know for sure. Maybe it was a relational thing. But we know this. He called it a thorn in his flesh. And it was such a, such a limitation that he prayed over and over three times, God, please take it away from me. But I want you to notice how God responded to that prayer in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9. But God said to him, he says, I'm not going to take it away, but here's what I'm going to do. My grace. Everybody say, my grace. My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in your weakness. 
So here's the deal. It's in our limits that God can express his unlimited power through us. Some of you are here today and you're discouraged. And the reason you're discouraged is because of the limits of your life, the weaknesses of your life. But here's what Paul says. You don't have to be discouraged about it. He says, I've experienced it. I had a thorn. I had a weakness. I had a struggle. I had difficulties. And here's what God said. God said, it's through your limits that I can show you my unlimited power. Through your weaknesses, God can show you his strength. Why am I encouraged today? Boy, I'm encouraged today because there's no condemnation. I'm encouraged because there's no intimidation. I'm encouraged because there's no comparison. I'm encouraged because there's no limitations. Number five, I'm encouraged because there is no apprehension. No apprehension. In fact, some of you here today, the reason you're down is because you're apprehensive about your life. Circumstances situations in your life that you look at and you go, how could this ever turn into something good? You're anxious about the future. You're anxious about relationships. You're anxious about circumstances and situations in your life. You're wondering, how could these things ever turn out to be something good in my life? But notice what Paul says in Romans chapter eight, one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible in verse 28, he says, and we know that all things work together. For what? For good. For those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Here's what Paul is saying. You can be encouraged. You don't have to be apprehensive about things that are happening in your life. You don't have to worry about it. Hakuna Matata. Come on, right? No worries for the rest of my days. Why? Because God's taking it all. The good, the bad, the in-between. He's working it together for my good. Now, that doesn't mean it's all good. Some of you are looking at your life right now and you're going, it ain't all good. I got stuff I'm apprehensive about, I'm anxious, I'm worried about. Here's what happens is God takes even the bad stuff, he puts it together, he works it for for our good. In fact, how many many of you like to have a homemade baked cake? Come on, raise your hand all over the room. I, I like homemade, I'm not talking about Betty Crocker from the box, I'm talking about like real deal, grandma made homemade cake. How many ever made that kind of a cake before, right? Now think about this, what are the ingredients of a cake? Take, put together a cake, what do you, what do you got? You got maybe, maybe you got a little flour, throw a little flour in there. How many would like to have a big old spoonful of flour right now? Come on, just take a big old bite. Does that sound like that tastes very good? Okay, how about, how about some raw eggs? Come on, just throw some raw eggs in there, right? And, and you stir that up. How many think that tastes good? You know, do Rocky style, you know what I'm saying? Like, or how about, how about a little pinch of salt, a little salt? Now, all by itself doesn't taste all that good. Or maybe, maybe a little bit of butter, you know, you just take a big old fat spoonful of butter and just eat that all by itself. Doesn't taste very good, but you know what happens? You take all of those ingredients and you mix them up and you put them in the pan and you throw them in the oven and you turn the heat up just a little bit. 15 minutes later, come on, you had a whole bunch of stuff that didn't taste very good by themselves, but suddenly, boy, you got chocolate cake. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. And that's the way God works in our lives. So many times we face some stuff that doesn't feel very good, doesn't taste very good. We don't like them by, ourselves, by themselves. But here's what the Bible teaches is that God takes all those things and he works them together for our good. That he takes them and he mixes them together in his only the way that he can do it. And he throws it in. Sometimes you got to go through the heat just a little bit before you can experience the goodness. But the Bible says this, taste and see that the Lord is good. All the situations in your life may not be good but you don't have to be apprehensive about the situations you don't have to worry about them or be anxious or be afraid about them you can be encouraged because he is working them together for our good i'm encouraged today
I'm encouraged because, man, there's no condemnation. There's no intimidation. There's no comparison or limitations or apprehensiveness. Here's number six. Write this down. I'm, I'm encouraged because there's no competition. Oh, man, this is so good. Check this out in verse number 31. He says, and what shall we say in response to all these things? If God is what? Is for us, who can be against us? What is he saying? Man, there's no contest. There's no competition. Like, I mean, I'm going to win no matter what. It don't matter who comes against me. It don't matter what comes against me. Why? Not because I'm so great, but because he is great. And because he is with me. And because he is for me. And if God is on my side, I can't lose. And if God is with me and God is for me, then who could stand against me? There is nothing that could stop me. And man, that's encouraging today. And the reason some of us are discouraged is because we know this, but I'm not really sure we really believe it in our hearts. I stand here and say, God is for you. And some of you say, man, it doesn't seem like he's for me. Like if he's really for me, then why did I lose my job? If he's really for me, then why did my, why did my friend say what they said? Why did I, why did I get sick? Why did, why did my kids do what they did? If he's really for me, then why am I going through the struggles that I'm going through? Pastor, sure, he's for you. Like you're a pastor and all, and you have your nice little pastor life and all that kind of stuff. And sure, God is for you, but can he really be for me? Some of you even thinking in your heart, you know, man, I, I hear all that, but then in your mind, you got this image of this God up in the sky with these lightning bolts just waiting for you to mess up so he can zap you. But here's what the scripture says. The God is for us. And if he's really for us, it doesn't mean there won't be struggles or problems or difficulties. It doesn't mean you won't lose your job or have difficulties in your marriage or any of those things. But here's what it means. It means that those things cannot stop you from what God wants to do in your life. You will be victorious. There is no competition. If God is for us, who can be against us? I'm encouraged today. You should be encouraged today. Because God is with you. God is for you. He is working things for you. You're good. There's no comparison between what you're facing and what God wants to bring in your life. There's no limitations or, apprehensive, or apprehension or no competition. But then notice finally number seven. I love this one. This is the best one of all. Why am I encouraged? Because there is no separation. I love this. Man, look at what Paul says. Verse 35, he says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither present nor future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything in all creation will be able to what? To separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What's this verse saying? It's saying no matter what you face and no matter how you feel and even no matter how you have faith, no matter what the enemy may try to bring against you, there is nothing in all of this world or in this universe that can separate you from the love that God has for you. Man, that's encouraging. Because man, I'll tell you, I mess up a lot. And I have a lot of discouraging down days and I face a lot of trials and struggles and there are a lot of days that I don't feel very lovable but even in those moments there is hope and the hope is this that no matter what happens in my life God always loves me there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God that is in 
Christ Jesus. So what do we do? Man, instead of focusing on all the things that we see, we focus on what God has said. And he has said there's no condemnation. He has said you don't have to be a slave to fear. He has said that whatever you're facing today is nothing compared to the great promise that he has for you in the future. He has said that you you don't have to be limited by your weaknesses because there is a power through the Holy Spirit that God wants to work and do great things in your life. He has said that no matter what you face, that he can take it and he can work it all together and use it for your good. He has, man, he has said that no matter what's happening in your life, He loves you, and nothing can separate you from that love. In fact, I want to close with this last verse of Scripture. David is writing, and maybe he's facing one of those discouraging moments or days in his life, and he comes to this realization. I want you to see what he says in Psalm 42 and verse 11. He says, why? Why am I so discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? Here's what I'm going to do. I will put my hope in, in who? In, in God. And I will praise him for he is my savior and my God. David says, man, I'm having a bad day and I feel down. But man, why am I feeling so down? I shouldn't be down because I got hope and I'm gonna put my hope where hope belongs. I'm gonna put my hope in God. I'm not putting my hope in my circumstance. I'm not putting my hope in people. I'm not putting my hope in my job. I'm not putting my hope in my ability or my talent or the things that happen. I'm not putting my hope in the government. I'm not putting my hope in any of those things that will let me down. Instead, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna put my hope in God for he is my savior. That means that there is nothing that he cannot rescue me from and he is my God. That means that he loves me no matter what so when I feel discouraged here's what I'm going to do I'm going to encourage myself by putting my hope in him 